When I was a kid, I remember when I was probably just starting to learn how to add large numbers, that I would often engage in a little competition with my classmates about who could come up with the largest equation to answer. And so it would start from things like 100 plus 100 equals 200. And we'd eventually go up to 1 million plus 1 million equals 2 million. And 1 trillion plus 1 trillion equals 2 trillion. Now, of course, those equations were pretty easy because we were just dealing with one plus one and then adding whatever um, ending that we had come up with in the first place. And then we learned the word infinity, this word that means a number that can't even be counted. And so that blew our minds. And so, of course, we had to come up with equations that we could have infinity. Infinity. And that would be the way that we, no one else could beat us when we had included infinity in our equation. A concept, though, that I could barely even wrap my mind around, and I still can't even fathom what a number like that could even look like. I used to think about all of the people who had come before me and then all of the people who existed right now and then all of the people who would come after me. And then my mind would start going out and going out and going out. But you know what happened is my mind eventually wanted to put an end, this date in time, that all of it would eventually stop. It couldn't keep going on and on. It was more than I could even comprehend. Infinite, this infinite number, infinite possibilities of how many people could be in this world. Well, that gets us to our gospel story for today, this worldwide communion weekend, as we think about all of the people who have come before us, all of the people who are a part of our world now, all of the people who are yet to come. And even as we look at the people who are a part of this world right now, that's kind of unimaginable too, of how it is that we are all connected to one another. Infinity plus infinity equals one. But how can two units of immeasurable number equal something that is defined, equal something that is a definite number, and something as small as a single unit, a one number? Unless you remember that the word one also has several different meanings. It could be one single item. It could be the number unit. But the word one can also refer to a union of something, which gets us to our gospel for today. It's a fitting one as we think about this worldwide communion weekend of what it is that we are a part of as the followers of Jesus. Last weekend, as we gave Good News Bibles to our second graders, and taught them a little bit about this Bible now in their hands, we also shared with them that the Bible is the one book that has been printed in more languages than any other book in print. That is pretty amazing. Over 700 languages that the Bible in its entirety has been translated into. 
so that pretty much wherever you are, you are still gonna be able to hear and to read these sacred stories of people and their relationship with God. As we hear these words from Jesus this weekend, we may struggle to understand them ourselves, even as Greg read them in English. Feel free to read all of chapter 17 in John's Gospel. Jesus gets pretty poetic here and has so much repetition in what he says. And so you have to read them very slowly, read them out loud. Chapter 17 is the night in which Jesus has his last meal, this last time with his disciples. And while we don't hear too much about the meal in John's Gospel, we hear all about how Jesus is trying to prepare the disciples for what is soon to come, of this time in which they won't have him by their side to lead them and to teach them and to help them to understand what his teachings were trying to mean in the first place. He's trying to prepare them. He's trying to give them the last of everything that they need to know. And he wants them to know of his love, of God's love for them too. And so we hear this prayer that Jesus has with God. And you can hear in this prayer how close Jesus is to God, who he describes as father, a relationship that close, like a parent to a child, and even more so. And he prays that God might give him the ability that his death on the cross might become a sign for everyone who hears of it and sees it to see that ultimately, no matter how bad things look at first glance, that ultimately the powers of death and evil and destruction and hatred and violence are not going to be what has the final word in this life. And that what will reign will be the power that comes to us from God. The power that is love. The power that love leads to this life that we have. A life that we receive on so many levels. Both the life of this world that we're a part of. The life that we have been given. And also a life that is yet to come. Fully. For all of us. And so as we hear Jesus' prayer for himself, we also hear Jesus' prayer for all of us, for his disciples, for everyone who follows him. And we hear in his words this longing, this hope for all of us to be in relationship, in union, as the two of them are in communion. That we can be one with them just as we are one with everyone around us. And we hear the last bit of the prayer that Greg read for us. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. It's amazing to think about, isn't it? It sounds so lovely. It sounds so beautiful, so poetic. But here's the thing. Is that reality? 
We have six people in our house, five of whom are able to speak. And if you ask them what they want to do on an afternoon, you would get five different opinions. None of us can agree on what to do with our time. And then if you go a little further to ask them what they think about things, you would end up with five very different responses. And if I were to say anything first, you would probably get people in the family who would be saying the exact opposite of what I said just because they could. And then when you leave your house, maybe you encounter someone who it's pretty easy to see how different they are from you. They have a completely different background, upbringing. Maybe they speak a different language. Maybe they dress a different way than you. Maybe they approach the world a completely different way than you or prioritize things much differently than you do. Think differently than you. And it is so easy easy for myself to focus on all of those things, to focus on how different I am than some of the people around. But I think when we do that, then we're not able to see the one thing that unites us, the one thing that connects us, the one thing that gives us our power, the one thing that leads us to being who we are capable of what we are able to do. The one thing that is God. That is God through Jesus within us and working through us who gives us this power because we are God's. Who gives us this love deep within us that leads us to be able to share that with those around us in sometimes the most simplest of ways, in ways that we might not even recognize or we might just shrug off as nothing, in ways that we might just dismiss as nothing spectacular, just everyday actions on our part. There was a person who came in with a great big Tupperware of items for the refugees in, at Fort McCoy. And as she came in, she said how they are hijab, the, the, um, the customary dress for women uh, who are Muslim. And everything was all packaged together by size. And she wanted to make sure that even though it was used, we knew what it was. And it was... Um, clothing that her daughter had worn while she was living overseas in a Muslim country and while she was now back in the States had no need for those items any longer. And so this woman wanted to make sure that they were able to be used by people who needed them. Even though those two people in those situa that situation have completely different religious beliefs, different cultural beliefs, come from two different places. She was able to see how they are one because of their humanness. Today we had a group of high school students from a local high school come and serve all around our Cross of Life campus doing the thankless jobs of clearing brush and branches, um, 
cutting down thorns and thistles and doing some touch-up painting and all kinds of other jobs that just need to be done. And they're from a different Lutheran church body. And yet, here they were, with smiles on their faces, with hands ready to serve. And um, it was a moment where all of the things on paper of what this church believes, of what that denomination church believes, were just not even a part of the table, of the conversation. Because the only thing that was in common was we were all followers of Christ. This Christ who calls us to serve where we are able to in every way that we can. The last little thing I want to share with you is I heard a story recently of this mom who was busy going about her day, all of the tasks that need to be done, and she happened to hear her little daughter ask a question out of the blue. What happens to people after they die? And normally it would have been really easy to kind of shrug that off or, or say, hey, let's talk about that later, but instead of continuing on with her chores. She stopped and she sat down next to her daughter and she found out a little bit more about where that question was coming from. And she took some time to listen. And then she shared with her daughter what she thinks and uh, what she believes and what she imagines it must be like when we can all be in the presence of God, in the presence of God's love and that light forever. One little moment, three little moments. Each of us have so many moments like that. As you think about your week, you can add to those as well. All these things that you do and you say and ways that you just are with the people around you that you might not even realize the impact that it makes. But all of those things are these moments added to the moments of the people around us, added to the moments of the people who have gone before us and the people who are yet to come that make up infinity, that make up these infinite moments where the love of God within us is able to burst forth from us in these significant, simple ways to make such a difference in the life of those around us. That's how we are one together. When we focus not on all of the things that make us different, not on all of the things that we haven't figured out collectively together, when we focus instead on the things that unite us, when we focus on the one who gives us life, the one who in Christ Jesus loves us because we are God's, the one who gives us life, not because of what we do, but because of Christ's life. And when we realize that we are all one because of our connection to God in Christ Jesus, then we can see how we 
can work with the people around us, the people who share that common identity too, as humans, as followers of God. And when we remember all of these things and we seek to live them out in each and every little moment of our lives, combined with all of the other moments around us, it's what makes up infinity. And infinity plus infinity always equals one. Amen. <laughs>